All right, finally got that tea ready. I apologize about the kettle. Um, but I wanted it to be a little bit jarring because today's topic on episode two is a little bit jarring. Black History Month. Thank you very much for tuning in to Brim of the Brew, episode two. I do appreciate it. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about what I am drinking, but my drink of choice this morning is um, Blueberry Slimline Green Tea by Yogi. I do some, obviously, as you heard, some hot boiling water, three lemon slices. It's so good. It's lovely. Um, they use uh, blueberry extract and some ginseng. Um, and ginger, I believe, but it's, it's wonderful. I really enjoy it. It's one of the teas that I make whenever I'm wanting to meditate. It's, it's like how I, how I like to start my mornings, if you will. But anyways, like I said, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about that. I really want to kind of dive in to this episode topic. I am going to be completely transparent here. I understand that this is a, uh, a white dude using his new podcast um, as a platform to talk about um, a very important and serious um, matter and celebration um, of a community. I kind of wanted to dive into that, sharing with you uh, my own personal uh, experiences of uh, waking up, I have been uh, blessed and gifted uh, with people in my life that are um, of the black community, um, but also that are not of the black community, but are very educated and, and woke, if you will, of, of encouraging me to wake up and what that process has been like for me. And uh, it's not an easy process and it's a constant daily grind has was largely to do with a dear friend of mine and conversations that we had while we were working together on a food truck. Um, she was willing to challenge me and also willing willing to to deal with my ignorance. Um, I would come at her with assumptions and uh, and questions and she would bounce it back to me and challenge my thoughts and challenge my notions and I'm forever grateful for that time um, on that food truck with you, my dear. And so because of my learning curve, um, I had a lot of hesitation about this this episode. To be honest with you, I really did. I didn't know if it was appropriate or not um, because I am still learning and I continue to learn and I continue to be uncomfortable. And I think that that's healthy, but I'll get into that a little bit later. What I want to do with this episode is really just create, um, using my platform and using my privilege to be able to talk about this. Um, I would like to utilize that as a, an introduction to create a narrative possibly in your head that like, well, maybe I, maybe I don't really actually know about black history. Where did that start? Why is it in February? What does it really entail? I, I can't, compress all of the information that I've I've researched regarding this topic. I can't compress it down into a, an episode that's going to 
um, fit in the time span that I like to keep my episodes in, number one, which is my preference. But number two, I also can't begin to tell you how gruesome of a journey this community has been on in our nation. And Black History Month is about all of it. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to highlight a couple of things. Um, my sources, I've got a couple of blogs that I'm pulling from, which I will cite um, whenever I do. Uh, but I'm also really pulling a lot of the timeline information, the generalization. Um, I'm pulling that from history.com. So just kind of want to, we're going to work. Let's go. Now let's dive into why is, what, what's going on with the timeline here? So it's in February and I find that an interesting, um, I think that's interesting because I, the majority of the people that I've ever encountered in my life, and I think culturally it's mainly February is Valentine's day. You know, it's all about retail sales of flowers and bouquets and extravagant getaways or cards and candy and chocolates and let's and I, I think that that provides a lovely distraction from the doldrums of winter i really do but that's absolutely not what black history month is about and it is it is its purpose its mission i feel it's it focuses the attention on the heart of how we think of ourselves as a nation, um, how we came to be, and all that's happened in between on the journey to where we are now, if that makes any sense. There's been a lot that's happened um, to that community in the past and in the present and will happen in the future. And I think that that's why Black History Month is important and why I want to talk about it. Okay, so moving on, moving on along. I've got cue cards. I have cue cards, guys. That's true. So for the timeline information, 1915 in September, there was a gentleman, uh, Carter G. Woodson, who was a Harvard studied, graduated historian. Um, he was the um, child of previous slaves, and again, 1915, he partnered with uh, Minister Jesse E. Moreland. Um, both of those gentlemen founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. So if you want alphabet letters here, it's ASNLH. The Association for the Study of Negro Life and History was an organization that was dedicated to researching and promoting the achievements by Black Americans and other people of African descent. So they wanted to start the process of forming a voice of acknowledgement, of accomplishment. So that's in 1915. Then in 1926, they developed Negro History Week. And whenever they were developing this, this idea, this celebration, um, they placed it in the second week of February, which is why we have it in February, because of they wanted to coincide with two very influential men um, that were influential in our nation, but also for this community. They wanted it to coincide with Abraham Lincoln's birthday and Frederick Douglass's birthday. So kind of pinging between those two dates, they developed Negro History Week. 
1926. Okay, so then we're going to fast forward <laughs> almost 40 years. This movement's been put into place. These two gentlemen are of color of the black community and are wanting to create a voice. That endeavor alone is incredible. And then it takes off in the form of a celebration of Negro History Week. And then that builds and sits and people take that in and it changes the worlds around them and it grows. And then 40 years later in the 1960s, we have the civil rights movement when things are just, yeah, I get emotional when I talk about like thinking about how this has happened to this community for so long in our nation. Anyways, in conjunction with the civil rights movement, Negro History Week by the 1960s had pretty much been accepted and acknowledged on several colleges and universities, campuses nationwide, right? Um, it had developed and blossomed and thought of as something that needed to be acknowledged and appreciated um, to the point where Black History Month had kind of formed um, on college campuses and, and university campuses at that point um, from everything that I'm gathering. And then in 1976 is when Black History Month actually became official in the United States. So think about that. 1915 to 1976. A thought, an idea that this needed to be a voice and then blossomed into being actually acknowledged. 1976, President Gerald Ford, um, he was the first president to officially recognize Black History Month. He called upon the public, and this is, I'm going to quote him, um, he said, to seize the opportunity to honor the two often neglected accomplishments of Black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history. In every area of endeavor throughout our history. And I understand that probably at that time that was very, um, oh, well, it's amazing, first off, for sure. Uh, who knows if it was political? It doesn't really matter um, because it was said, and I think it's so important to hear those words um, to honor the too often neglected. Um, that speaks volumes to um, why Black History Month is important, why this voice that was started, um, this movement that was started by Carter G. Woodson and Jesse E. Moreland, um, why it's important, because it is neglected too often. And um, they have impacted us and had so many accomplishments in every area of endeavor. And it's been throughout our history. So I, I thought that that was uh, beautifully worded by whomever wrote it. Even if it wasn't Gerald Ford and it was an assistant, I don't care. Thank you for writing it. Um, so 1976 is when that was first um, when Black History Month first started. And since then, it has been every February. And I didn't know this while I was doing my research. See, still learning. Whenever I was doing my research, I didn't realize that Black History Month every, every year has um, a theme. Uh, for 2022, just for reference, just so you know, it's Black Health and Wellness. And that is about taking care of your body and your health and your health care and your wellness. What are you doing for your head? 
I think that's incredible. <laughs> See what I mean? I just, we aren't, we, we don't spend too much time investigating into what things mean that aren't within our immediate circles. That's what happens in the Caucasian world sometimes. I'm just saying. With me saying that, um, one of the things that I feel compelled to speak on because I do belong to the Caucasian community is, is what does Black History Month really mean to us? Uh, that if you don't belong to um, that racial demographic, what does it mean to us? So I have always thought that it's previously, I have always thought that it's been like, okay, yeah, Black History Month, go you guys. And that's so, so ignorant. And it's, it's much, it's much more than that. Honestly, this may sound uh, backwards, but I think Black History Month is important for people that aren't black. Um, I feel like it's our opportunity to learn, um, the facts and to be vulnerable and to ask questions much like I had that experience. Like I was saying earlier at the beginning of the episode, uh, with my coworker and friend on the food truck need to be able to acknowledge the ugly of what's been done to this community. We need to be able to use this time to really reflect and make changes in our behaviors and thoughts. Racism and white supremacy is what has done this to this community, and it is still very much so alive in our nation. And belonging to a group that's outside of the black community breaks my heart, and I want to tell myself and make myself feel better that it doesn't exist. And I want to make myself feel better and saying, well, but I'm not that way. But it doesn't matter. If you're not willing to step up to the platform and the mic, literally in this case, in my case, a mic, uh, and say that racism is real and white supremacy is real, (laughs) then it doesn't matter. Have to be uncomfortable. Have to be able to say it. Some of those subconscious thoughts, the preconceived ideas and notions that you might have of somebody that belongs to a minority, people of color, that is found in the racist, white supremacist um, foundation that's been placed inside your little noggin because it's been around for a hot minute. Um, I do want to make something very clear, too, about this episode. This topic is important. Um, This history is vast. It's not something that you talk about casually, and it's not something that you read about casually. Take it seriously. Soak it in. Once you begin, you don't have to take everything in, right? You can take this piece at a time and really understand it and sit with it. I think that's when you learn best. The journey of this community does need to be heard for what it is. You do need to take time to acknowledge it instead of generalize it and put it to the side and continue on living and saying, I'm not racist. Do you know what, how far you would think that you're not racist before racist ideas and thoughts come up in your head? I'm just, I'm just saying, check in. I am definitely trying to humbly use this platform as a means um, to an introduction to the importance of this matter. And 
I hope that by the end of the episode, you will see where I'm coming from. But more importantly, maybe this opens the door for you to research and understand how important Black History Month is and what has been done to this community. Now, on the celebration side of things, I will say that um, for me, one of the things that I immediately relate to how my life has been enriched by the Black community and the world, not just my life, but the world, one of the things that really impacts me is, um, is music, um, rhythm and blues, and jazz, vocalists, just the Motown, the Motown movement. My goodness. I, you know, I was born in 1984. I can only imagine what it was like to be a part of having the Supremes and the Temptations release their albums or even further back going into a jazz lounge and listening to Billie Holiday. That is something to be celebrated in my opinion. So I find myself relating to that, but it's, it is, it is more than that. It's celebrating the strength, the tenacity, the power, the will of this community and this nation. It's incredible. Hats off. And I'm, I'm sorry for what has been done uh, to your community by people that were not a part of it. I found this incredible article by a gentleman who is a professor, um, and he is a professor in Relay Graduate School of Education in Philadelphia and Camden. This man's name is Zachary Wright, and he has written an incredible blog article. Uh, if you look it up, it's on educationpost.org. And the article is called White People Celebrate Black History Month by Facing the Truth of White Supremacy. So I read this and I was like, geez, he just worded this like amazing. It's incredible um, and to the point. And it's not it's not angry. And it's I, I don't think it's controversial. Um, it's just it's just factual. It's informative. And he talks about um, the interaction um, with Caucasian, with the Caucasian community and Black History Month. And he talks about uh, finding a cartoon that was like spot on to what he wanted to write about. And it's, it's, a, it's a cool little, little blip about that. Anyways, I, I normally really try to bring, I'm going to try to bring my episodes to this brim of the brew moment where I'm, I'm giving you the summary of what I'm trying to say. And I'll, I'll say my part, but I really want to end on, on his words. So that's what I'm going to do. When it comes to Black History Month and uh, Black Lives Matter, I think it's important to remember that you're not a part of that narrative, um, that it doesn't really involve you in any way, shape, or form. You are absolutely allowed to have your opinion, but if you're going to have an opinion, you need to fact check your opinion. And when you fact check it, you need to be vulnerable. 
and you need to see where your opinion's coming from and why is it why is it fully developed as an as your narrative about their narrative if that makes any sense um i've found that what is needed is to stand behind and support not in front of and highlighting i don't need to be having i'm not having this episode about Black History Month to say, yes, Black History Month, bright and shiny. Because whenever you do that and you say you're putting something in a spotlight, you're actually wanting to be the person that's putting it in the spotlight, which puts the spotlight back on you. Do you follow me on that? Being behind and supportive removes the desire to speak on. Whenever you are putting someone to the front you're behind them. It is their their time, their time to shine. Whereas if you're standing side by side and pointing to the right or to the left, you're highlighting them, but it's really about your delivery of how you highlighted them. Does that make sense? Anyways, we need to stand behind it. We need to educate ourselves and we need to be uncomfortable. That's the brim of the brew of it. But I wanted to end on what this guy has to say in his article. Okay. Remember, his name is Zachary Wright. He is on educationpost.org. This article is called White People Celebrate Black History Month by Facing the Truth of White Supremacy. Bringing you back because I know I rambled. As I recently learned, racism isn't a black or people of color problem. It's a white people problem because it is a system of advantages for whites that we perpetuate with silence. This inverts the traditional mode of thinking that racism is a problem for black people to solve. Racism isn't a problem for black people to solve. Racism is for white people to solve, and the work can happen only when white America faces the truth. This won't change everything. It may not even change anything. If someone doesn't know the history of white supremacy by now, that is likely a cultivated ignorance based upon a genuine apathy towards black humanity. But as an educator, I cannot but hope in the power of learning. Get out there and learn, my friends. Until next time. Let's see.